Hello friends, welcome to Beyond the News. It is Friday the 16th of December. Coming up on today's show, I'm going to be primarily focusing on a look at what's happening with the legal backlash of the vaccinations, the adverse effects. It took about six months for the data to come in, six months for the conspiracy theorists to get it out into the the mainstream and then the mainstream you know, when I say mainstream I mean doctors and nurses and whistleblowers coming forward and then about another six months after that for it to be picked up by certain members of the legal systems around various countries and the politicians that uh, are included in that the committees and so forth so in the same week we've had a British MP raise questions on in Parliament. We've got a response by the British Prime Minister. We've got those clips from the British Parliament coming up on the show. Also on the other side of the Atlantic, Ron DeSantis is look he's they've gone beyond the stage the UK has and they're looking to do something about it. The British system is still um I think we might have a problem over here. Just a small one, but I would like your attention. And if we get time, we will play the Died Suddenly documentary. That, uh, But I've got quite a lot of other articles to cover before then, including where the PPE went in China, something on the Hunter Biden laptop, if I remember rightly, uh, and a few other things. An eclectic mix coming up here. This will be the last show of 2022. I'm going to take a break for... The uh, next one, which which will be the 23rd and then the 30th, and then I'll take two off in January as well. So you won't get any beyond the news for about four weeks, but I may well do, like I did last year, a two hour special or a couple of hours specials or something like that, where it's not really me talking, it's just me playing the clips of the videos where I've blocked, sort of cut them off after 15 minutes, but they actually go on for like an hour or something like that. And they're really well worth listening to. And I've made a note of what ones I want to play. So um, at some point in the next month, I'll probably do a special like that, something for the, the listeners to get their beyond the news fix. <laughs> only only joking. I'm just going to take a month off. And uh, unless anything amazing comes in, where that scrap amazing usually means terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> Something awful by the pricking of our thumb, something wicked this way comes. If something like that occurs, then I'll get back behind the microphone. But for a month, I'm going to uh, let it all chill out and digest the information. So let's get cracking here into our first article. So this is from The Express and it reads, Tory MP alleges cover up of COVID vaccine inflaming heart arteries in bombshell claim. An MP has used parliamentary privilege to make a bombshell allegation that a senior member of the British Heart Foundation has covered up a report which shows the mRNA COVID vaccine increases inflammation of the heart arteries. This is by David Maddox on Wednesday, December the 14th. My first thought on that is there's data that's accepted worldwide or at least I've read it out from mainstream sources that present it as accepted uh, worldwide, that there is an increased risk for these things. They just say it's very, very small. So either this is a whistleblower, you know, I mean, good for the British MP for bringing it up, Andrew Bridgen, 
this won't be news to any of my listeners, but is this the first time that it's hitting the House of Commons or is the whistleblower saying that it's more than a small problem? I don't know. So what we can do is listen to the clip for ourselves in a minute, but I'll just read the article before I do that. Conservative MP Andy Bridgen has called for the mRNA COVID vaccine to be suspended as he claimed that the report linking heart problems with mRNA COVID vaccine has been suppressed by a senior cardiologist who has, who has, and this is quotes, a leadership role with the British Heart Foundation, end quotes. The North West Leicestershire MP used an end-of-day adjournment debate to make his claims on the floor of the House of Commons that problems with the vaccine are being covered up because of financial links to Big Pharma. That's also in inverted commas, those two words. The claims have been denied by the charity. Quoting Richard Smith, the former editor of the British Medical Journal, he said, Research misconduct is rife and not effectively been tackled. Something is rotten in British medicine and it has been wrong for a long time. Yeah, this, I don't think that's a new statement, is it? We've read out stuff in the British Medical Journal going back about a year. They've been sort of going, I wouldn't even call them whistleblowers. They've been going, uh, have you seen this data over here? Are you sure you want to give this to kids? The MP then turned to... His biggest claim, the report linking inflammation to the arteries in the vaccine, had been deliberately suppressed. Right, I suppose that's where the controversy is, because although why it would be deliberately suppressed when there are loads of reports saying, um, have you seen that <laughs> it's linked to inflammation of the arteries and all such things, has been coming out in scientific reports all over the world. Um, what did this one person think? Oh, if we suppress ours, we, you know. Who knows more? We'll keep an eye on this. But those are my thoughts as I'm just reading out. He said it has been brought to my attention. Anyway, why should I read out what he said when I can just play the video? Let's have a little listen. Or not, as the case may be. The kiss of death being queued up. Let's try again. No. <laughs> Let's try again now. Madam Deputy Speaker, it's also been brought to my attention by a whistleblower from a very reliable source that one of these institutions is covering up clear data that reveals the mRNA vaccine increases inflammation of the heart arteries. They are covering this up in fear that they may lose funding from the pharmaceutical industry. The lead of that cardiology research department has a prominent leadership role uh, with the British Heart Foundation and I'm very disappointed to say that, that he has sent out non-disclosure agreements to his research team to ensure that this important data never sees the light of day. This, Madam Deputy Speaker, is, is an absolute disgrace. Such systemic failure uh, in an over-medicated population also contributes to huge waste of British taxpayers' money and increasing strain on the NHS. That's an interesting one. Now, that's where the video ends for the Express. But on my Beyond the News Telegram group, it looks like we have a reply from, I think, is the vaccine minister. But she does seem to make reference to the same guy and his constituency. But because they're two separate videos, there's always the positive. And I, I don't know what was said in what parliamentary debate and such things 
it is possible that some someone's put a video up thinking that it was a response to this, but it was actually a response to another point that he'd raised on another day or anything. So what I'm saying is it's dated just after the video and it looks to be in the same empty houses of parliament here because, of course, no one really comes to listen to this particular stuff, which is uh, quite an indictment of the British political scene, in my humble opinion. So just giving you the heads up that someone could say, hey, Jim, did you know that, that she was replying to something else months ago to this bloke and someone had posted it? Thank you for joining me. Uh oh, that's something... <laughs> I have trouble playing some videos and then some of them won't shut up. Right, what, what, what has the Express decided to... It's decided to start roll onto another video, I think that sounds right. Um, oh, I'll tell you what we do. If I'm scrolling down, I've actually scrolled down to try and shut off the video and uh, found a picture of the lady, Health Minister Maria Colfield, responding to Andrew Bridgen. So it does look like that this video is the uh, the video of her responding to the previous video. But anyway... Always like to give you the heads up when it's different sources and all that kind of stuff. So, here we go. Minister Maria Caulfield. Um, thank you, Madam Deputy Speaker. Um, can I thank my honourable friend, uh, member for North West Leicestershire, for uh, raising this debate. It's important that all members get to uh, uh, discuss and debate issues such as this and are entitled to their opinion, I have to say. And there is more to that video in terms of the length, but that's as much as I can play because the video ends there. Don't know why. It's not a problem with the phone um, because all the other videos are playing okay. And it was like that when I queued it up. It just stops about a quarter way into it. So um, all we got really was the waffle there. Anyway, so let's scroll back to the Express article now and see... After it's, uh, we'll skip the bit about what he was saying because we heard it straight from the horse's mouth there, so to speak. So, well, Mr. Bridgen had previously opposed allowing young children to be vaccinated, warning that vaccines are still in their experimental stages. He also raised concerns that the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency is 86% funded by the pharmaceutical industry, which research departments also get most of their money from so-called Big Pharma too. He said, in effect, we have the poacher paying the gamekeeper. Yep, or you can say Fox Garden, the hen house. But in particular, we have. he was concerned that the vaccines are having little effect while posing a health risk. And he pointed out that since the vaccine rollout, there had been 14,000 additional cardiac arrests in 2021 since 2020. Yeah, uh, again, this is all been covered on the show so we're, we're I've been using this analogy for a while now I used it probably a few months ago or something like that where um, I said it's that wily e. coyote moment where they go off the cliff and everyone else can see from the perspective of the people watching the cartoon he's run off the cliff and he's in there midair and he's not starting to fall yet and it's all quite funny um, but we know and then he sort of looks to the camera doesn't he and shrugs his shoulders and you hear, boom, you know, for comical effect or something like that. It's almost like a cartoon version of that where you've got all the doctors and all this coming out. And this is the MP is saying all of this. Hey, look, we've got all this data to say 14,000 additional cardiac arrests. Uh, it's an unproven technology. Maybe best we don't give it to kids seeing as it doesn't seem to do anything. It certainly doesn't stop transmission. 
and somehow that's considered a, an odd voice <laughs> to a lot of people but not to the listeners of this show we're the ones looking at Wiley Coyote going off the cliff going Roadrunner's outsmarted him again he's going to drop down in a minute so this is one of those moments I think he is entitled to his opinion I mean I I don't want to comment on what she said because I only saw 25% of it but just on the 25% he's entitled to his opinion well he is quoting these stats and figures which you know don't sound that great Mr Bridgen described the government of suffering from willful blindness to protect their reputations there are those that might imply that is a potentially kind way of saying it and there might be something more nefarious at risk but you know everyone is entitled to their own opinions I suppose that would definitely get him in trouble if he went down that road so uh, but good for him for still you know anyway he's promising to offer cold hard facts he said that since the rollout of the vaccine there has been almost half a million yellow card reports of adverse effects on the public he described this as unprecedented and pointed out that the swine flu vaccine was withdrawn in 1976 for causing Guillain-Barre syndrome in one in 100,000 adults and the 1999 rotavirus vaccine was withdrawn for causing a form of bowel obstruction in children affecting one in 10,000. Mr Bridgen is able as an MP to make his accusation without legal recourse as he is protected by parliamentary privilege. Responding, Health Minister Maria Caulfield said he was entitled to his view. Yes, <laughs> but hit back at the claims. Right, OK, so she may have data uh, that says, actually, the data you've got is wrong. But without being able to see the video, I won't comment on that. The former nurse who worked on wards during the pandemic said she disagreed not only in the content of his speech, but in the way in which he derided doctors, scientists, nurses, many of us who worked through the pandemic and saw firsthand the devastation that COVID caused. That's a very emotional card to play. Oh, you're bringing up solid data that the vaccine, there might be a problem. Right. I'm going to interpret that as you taking a pop at nurses all the time while the nurses here in the UK talk about going on strike due to the results of, you know, them not feeling appreciated by the government that this woman is the uh, minister for. But it's just such the same tactics, isn't it? It's quite the striking nurses obviously don't feel cared about by the government. And so the government go, oh, you're bringing up hard data. You've just derided nurses <laughs> and that's what they really care <laughs> I bet you there isn't a single nurse that you know listens to that and goes oh that's hard data oh do, do you think he's attacking me do you know I'm, I'm much more bothered about the hard data rather than the paying conditions that we're on the strike lines therefore I wonder how many signs are there on the picket lines saying Mr Bridgen has derided us by bringing up statistical facts about data for the vaccine it's just a a wily coyote, coyote moment isn't it and that on the cliff is her you know you're dividing nurses is wily coyote saying it's not thin air underneath my feet i'll stay here i'll get roadrunner me me right there is no doubt in my mind that despite the PPE, the vetting and the social distancing, the thing that made the biggest difference in combating COVID was the introduction of the vaccine. This is her response, is it? It really is quite 
worrying because how did it make the biggest difference in combating COVID if it didn't stop transmission? I'm really just trying to think about there is no doubt in her mind that despite the PPE, the vetting and the social distancing, the thing that made the biggest difference in combating COVID was the introduction of the vaccine. How? They have saved thousands of lives and allowed the economies to reopen, not just in this country, but in countries around the globe. It's just they're living in um, a fantasy land, aren't they? The the countries with the lowest rates of vaccination are opening just fine. Go and look at Africa and those sorts of places. And the one there are countries like Sweden and states like Texas and Florida that didn't lock down at all and had lower COVID deaths. So, yeah, this is where we are now. It's just... You're going to give me facts and reality. I'm going to wave a magic wand and say they're not facts and they're not reality. And then I'm going to wave another magic wand and say a falsehood with no evidence to back it up. Where's the evidence to say the vaccine made any difference? I don't see it. Uh, it didn't allow economies to reopen. Governments allowed economies to reopen. And the ones that never shut down in the first place didn't need to reopen. And the vaccine made no difference to them. So it's just... They're treating the world like someone they owe money to. Yeah, I'll pay you tomorrow, I'll pay you tomorrow. Safe and effective, safe and effective. And it wouldn't work in a court, would it? You don't go... And it, well, let's just... Because you're going to get more of the same. This this, this isn't just this woman, um, the, the minister, saying this. I want to go back and play other clips where this same MP, Andrew uh, Bridgen, brought up to Rishi Sunak directly in Parliament. And let's listen to again. This is a this video is dated on my phone as December the 7th. But who knows? Um, you've got only got a limited time frame than Rishi Sunak's been prime minister. So it must be around that sort of time. Let's have a listen. and adverse reactions uh, following mRNA vaccination in 18 months than there has been to every uh, conventional vaccine administered worldwide for the last 50 years. And given that mRNA vaccines are not recommended for pregnant women or those who are breastfeeding, would my right honourable friend overturn the big pharma-funded MHRA's recent recommendation that these uh, experimental vaccines are administered to children as, as young as six months of age? Yeah. Mr. Speaker, let me first say that I believe COVID vaccines are indeed safe and effective. Uh, but, and no, no vaccine.
seen COVID or otherwise will be approved unless it meets the UK regulator standards of safety, quality and effectiveness. Uh, we have an independent body, the JCVI, determines which age groups the vaccine is recommended for use in as part of the vaccination programme. And of course, the ultimate decision will lie with parents. So though, here are my thoughts on that video. First of all, he just says safe and effective. So leaving out the safety bit, because we don't know how safe or unsafe it is because we haven't got the data there. The effective bit. We've seen them, all the vaccine makers testify before the uh, various bodies around the world saying doesn't stop transmission. And you've played the clip with Burks. I've played the clip with Burks. We were hoping it was good, you know. But that, that was all it was. Didn't stop transmission and we were hoping that it was good. That is pretty much what they've said straight from the horse's mouth. So where is effective in that? Doesn't What is it designed to do? A vaccine, the, the old traditional vaccine definition is if you take this, really high chance you won't get it. You know, so, you know, chicken pox vaccine or whatever, X vaccine, really high chance you won't get X. There's always some ones that it won't work for, but probably 90 plus percent. If you take vaccine for X, you won't get X. That's meant to be, isn't it? You know, but for this one, if you take the vaccine for X, it has no effect on whether you get X. Do you see the problem with defining it as effective if you define it as a traditional vaccine? Because there are plenty of doctors that do, and now there are some lawyers and MPs around the world starting to speak out as well. But Rishi Sunak, safe and effective, safe and effective. I had like um, one of those toys. I think it might have been Roland Rat, I think, but maybe it was some other sort of, maybe it was Kermit the Frog or something like that, where uh, there's a cord at the back and you pull it and then it just makes the same noise over again. So... I think it was Roland Rat because you pulled the cord and you went, hey, rat fans, or something like that, you know, going back many, many years now. But, uh, yeah, you pull the cord, hey, rat fans, and it just said the same thing over and over again. It's a lot of these things with the MPs, at least in this country. Someone's questioned the vaccine, pull the cord, safe and effective. Pull the cord, safe and effective. It wouldn't work in a court, would it? with the prosecution going to judge we think this man is guilty okay judge where's your evidence well we say he is all right send him down then you know justice doesn't work like that at least it shouldn't or nor would it the other way around to the defendant why is your client not guilty oh he says he is oh honest guff he didn't do nothing right well that's good enough for me but the prosecution's there going, we've got all this evidence. No, 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 no. Pull the cord, not guilty. Pull the cord, not guilty. It wouldn't work. You have to have some sort of look into things. But, and again, it was only a short video. Who knows if Rishi Sunak went on to say other things after that, but he didn't seem to, from what he, he didn't seem to particularly bothered by it, did he? Problems, criticism, pull the cord, safe and effective, safe and effective. Wouldn't you want to, you know, given that you want to roll this out to, you know, the kids 
all in the the country and it's a new technology that's never been rolled out before. Would you not want to have the judge in the courtroom look at the evidence? Would you would you, you as a British taxpayer be happier if you went, oh, blimey, Andrew, I didn't know that. I'll set up an inquiry immediately to have a look into those numbers. Yeah, you've got a point there. Let, let, let's double check before we recommend this to kids. Whatever side of the vaccine that you're on, pro or anti, wouldn't you want to go, right, let's get an inquiry going to see if uh, whatever side of the argument I'm on, I'm right, because it's children's lives at stake here. Would you not want to do that? Would that not be better than going, oh, well, safe and effective? And up to the parents if they want to take it. Now, the other point I was going to make was he told mentioned the JCVI. Now, I believe it was February of last year. You can go back and look at the uh, vaults of Beyond the News where the JCVI recommended against it and the government went override. And now I believe the JCVI have changed their mind. Upon what data? I mean, the data on this vaccine, every month it just gets worse and worse and worse. So I haven't seen any evidence where they've JCVI, uh, JCVI would have gone, hey, you know, we turned it down initially. We've seen some good data now that really makes us believe that it is safe and it makes us believe that it's effective. We've changed our recommendation, but they just did. So one can only have a guess at what happened there. So, but that's fair to say, isn't it? Well, we have the JCVI and when they agree with us, we go with it. And when they disagree with us, we overrule them. But they're an independent body. It's just not giving people any confidence with what's going on and I think years down the line if the lawyers certain lawyers around the world have their way then that what we've just seen there could be used for Nuremberg style prosecutions and let's hope that they have a proper judge and not a Rishi Sunak style (laughs) safe and effective pull the cord safe and effective style judge let's have an actual investigation into the vaccines and then it might be required that we have an actual investigation into the politicians that didn't really come forth with an investigation and who knows about this whistleblower i've seen so many tricks over my years of covering politics that and I'm not saying that this is the case in any way, I'm just saying this sort of case exists. It's called a straw man, where oh, all this data's coming out that the vaccines are not safe, and all this data's coming out that the vaccines are not effective. And it's really being a pain in the bum to us saying that it's safe and effective when the data says it's not safe. For, for you know, There are some data that say it's not safe for everyone, and there are some data that say it's definitely not effective. In fact, we don't, we don't need the data anymore. Their own makers say, no, <laughs> we were just hoping it was. <laughs> and if you think that's a joke, do go and listen back to my back catalogue <laughs> where they get grilled. Was it... Uh, it was Burke's, I think, grilled by Jim Jordan, but I may have got the, the griller wrong but I'm pretty certain the Grilly Burks, Dr Burks was yeah we were just hoping really and uh, the Senate's just yeah anyway it's good footage so will that evidence that we've just played make its way into a courtroom 
at some point with varying degrees of were you negligent? Were you having conflicting interests? Were you just repeating the safe effective line without doing your own research? Or was there something more nefarious going on? Because just a common sense response to that, you know, what he said, it just concerned me. I'd have been much more reassured if he'd have said something like, well, we do believe vaccines are safe and effective. And here's the data why we believe they're safe and effective. Or I would have been more happy with, we do believe the vaccines are safe and effective. If you've got data that says that they're not, let's have a nice public inquiry to look into it. Anyway, but this is where I was going with straw men. This could potentially, if all this news is coming out that's not safe and effective, you could kick up a hoo-ha, get an MP to uh, kick up a hoo-ha, put it over the mainstream press, and then what you do is, a week later, you have that whistleblower, or whatever it is he was using, absolutely discredited, therefore discrediting the MP, and therefore discrediting what he said. So all that people remember is, and then there's a big mainstream push on it, you have the you have a minor investigation, it circles round, does shows like this, and then a big hammer drops. Hey, yeah, that MP, that whistleblower was, and just insert you know, discrediting thing there. He was X, Y, Z. Any reason to discredit him and the data? Yeah, that's all fake news, that is. The vaccine really is safe and effective. Rishi Sunak was right. Yeah, that he was right to dismiss that MP because that MP, yeah, yeah. To turns out, total conspiracy theory loon. Or he was quoting whistleblower, total conspiracy theory loon. Or other discrediting thing. Oh, he was on the payroll for some, um, I don't know, anti-vax group and they lied. Or some organic Amish people who had a natural remedy to the uh, competitor to the vaccine. Insert any ridiculous argument for discreditation that you want there. Or credible. And you can then play the game of was the MP duped? Was he in on it? Was, you know, you just don't know. Or it could be exactly an honest man bringing up honest data from an honest whistleblower being dismissed by a prime minister out of hand. So always remember things may not appear as they seem and there is such a thing as Occam's razor where the most likely scenario is the most obvious one. But we'll keep you up to date on that. So I think I've done reasonably deep dive into that situation here in the UK and now let's have a look at the situation over in Florida. The data whether they want to give it or not uh, because in Florida you know it is against the law to mislead and to misrepresent particularly when you're talking about the efficacy of a drug. Uh, we see just the other uh, just recently Florida got 3.2 billion through legal action against those responsible for the opioid crisis and so it's not like this is something that's unprecedented so today uh, I'm announcing uh, a petition with the Supreme Court of Florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida 
with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. And we anticipate that we will get the approval for that. Uh, that will be something that will be impaneled, most likely in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, and that will come with legal processes that will be able uh, to get more information and to bring legal accountability for those who committed misconduct. So he said there we'll get the data whether they give it or not. This article may be relevant to that. This is from Politico now. And let's get a date on it for you. December the 5th of this year. This is by Sarah Tassir Ben Charif. Pfizer boss refuses to testify to EU Parliament COVID panel. Dash again. We have no further information to share, says Alberta Bula, who bailed out of an earlier appointment in October. It doesn't sound like the you know someone who's high up in a company flogging a product where the data comes out to say it's safe and effective. Do you pull the cord? Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Well, you can't just effectively wave the magic wand of like they're doing oh a British MP has said some data magic wand safe and effective it's not going to work to a Covid panel with discourse backwards and forwards and different power dynamics so Pfizer chief executive so yeah if it was safe and effective wouldn't you want to come to go here Oh, I'd like to, yeah, I'm happy to come before your committee. Here's this data that says it's safe, and here's this data to say it's effective. Right then, any questions? You know, Pfizer Chief Executive Officer Albert Berler has once again declined to testify the, before the European Parliament Special COVID Committee. That's strike two. Since the October COVID hearing, we have no further information to share with the committee, so respectfully decline the invitation to again revisit these issues. States a letter from Berler dated December the 2nd, and seen by Politico. Berla previously pulled out of an appointment to testify before the committee in October, at which he was expected to face tough questions on how secretive vaccine deals were struck. That decision followed an audit report in the EU's vaccine procurement strategy that raised new questions about contact between the pharma CEO and European Commissioner President Ursula von der Leyen that preceded a multi-billion euro vaccine contract. On October the 14th, the European Public Prosecutor's Office confirmed it had an ongoing investigation into the EU's COVID vaccine purchases, but has not yet specified who is being investigated or which of the EU's vaccine contracts are under scrutiny. At the October 10th COVID hearing, the company's President of International Development Markets of International Developed Markets, Janine Small, faced repeated questions from the committee on Burla's absence, one of which was even taped to some MEP's laptops. She also took questions on vaccine contract negotiations and the jabs themselves, including one from Dutch MEP Robert Roos, ECR Group, about whether the vaccine was tested for its ability to prevent transmission before entering the market. The question and Small's answer landed Roos an appearance on Tucker Carlson's Fox News talk show. But in the end, it seems Small was just no substitute for Berla. Yeah, in which, that's the one where, is it, you know... <laughs> so, 
has Rishi Sunak seen that footage? You might not feel so comfortable saying safe. Well, I don't think it doesn't make any reference to safety, but effectiveness. Yeah. How is it effective, Mr. Sunak, when you, yeah, go, I've played the clip on the Robert Bruce thing about transmission. Yeah. And as for the woman that says, no doubt in her mind, the, the jab made all the difference. Really? Your real world scenario, that at least from my eyes, says differently. Florida says differently. And the vaccine manufacturers say differently. Where's your evidence to say that it is effective? If there's no doubt in your mind, surely that must come from strong evidence. Be interested to hear that. But in fairness, we didn't get to see the 75% of that video, but certainly the express didn't seem to be. I want her to say, well, you're entitled to your opinion, but here's some facts to say you're wrong in the studies. And the express linked to the studies, but there wasn't any, was there? Not that I could see. So, back to the article. On October 28th, the COVID committee extended a second invitation to the CEO. Our committee felt that during the previous hearing with representatives of the pharmaceutical industry, where Pfizer was represented by Mrs. Janine Small, important questions regarding the advanced purchase agreements between the European Union and Pfizer, which fall under the responsibility of the CEO, and of which only he has the authority to respond to them, remain unanswered. COVID committee chair Kathleen Van Bremt, S&D Group, said in a statement today. Oh, you could read the rest of the article for yourself. Let's uh, move on now. This is the mail. Judge rules five care home workers who lost their jobs after refusing to have the COVID jab were fairly sacked. Well, that's different to the American rulings that we've been playing, reading out on this show. And that is 13th of December 2022. And I'd be very interested to hear what the lawyer Anna de Brissette, uh, I've probably butchered her name, has to make about that in regards to coercion subcategories of the Nuremberg Code. But I'm no lawyer, I'm just an interested, humble observer. But yeah, that's different to the US rulings. Five care home workers, oh, I think it's pretty, pretty uh, self explanatory that one, so I'll just scroll down. Um, let's see if they can justify their point. It is quite a long article one, this one. So, Employment Judge Neil Maidment said Barchester Healthcare was seeking to minimise the risk of death, putting genuine value on the saving of any resident's life. Any contrary attitude from a care home provider might have been regarded as disturbing. See, contrary attitude. So it's it's based on attitude rather than science. Well, it's your attitude that we think that the vaccine will help. We believe safe and effective, Paul, the cord. We, the safe and effective cord, we believe that. And so it's our attitude that your attitude is wrong. Hmm. Judge Maidman recognised that the reason for sacking the workers, while unusual, was genuine and substantial and said the company believed its policy of subject to medical exemption, only employing vaccinated care home staff would save lives. I think that's a fair point to say those people believed it. But were they correct? I'm sure back in those days they 
they believed it was effective. But were they correct? The tribunal concludes, concludes that any interference with human rights in the circumstances of this case was proportionate. Barchester Healthcare runs over 250 care homes in seven registered hospitals across the country employing more than 17,000 staff and care homes which offer residential and nursing care. The hearing was told that the care provider considered it a privilege for staff to have the vaccine before others in the general population. At the time, Chief Executive Pete Cavalli made an announcement to staff saying that receiving the vaccine and protecting vulnerable care home residents was part of a moral and ethical duty to do the right thing. Yep, and there's nothing wrong with that statement. Saying that receiving the vaccine and protecting was part of a moral of that as their belief. There's nothing wrong with believing that. But what if you're wrong and you've fired someone as a result of a belief that the data, and when grilled about by Robert Ruse, seems not to suggest that that belief was accurate? It was at pains throughout the introduction of the policy to reaffirm that it recognised... Because it's my belief now, isn't it, that the only part of effective for the vaccine that still holds up is people say... Well, if you take the vaccine, you won't get COVID as bad. And that's going to be a subjective thing because, of course, you can't undo the the vaccine, can you, to, in the control groups. It, so I don't think one side can really prove the other wrong on that to say, nope, it doesn't make any difference at all, or no, it makes it worse, or yes, it really helps you. We don't have the data for that. That's the only argument for effective, isn't it? So... If the care person in the care home, the person being cared for, had the vaccine, and that is the only scientific bit that's still up for debate about how effective it is, then it would make no difference about the care person receiving it because they can transmit whether they've, they've had or not. The only argument is would the care worker have a worse bout of COVID? Because if, the per if they say that the vaccine, if you have that, you have a less bit of COVID, then what would happen in that scenario is a terrible care home worker in a really terrible state of COVID gets it very seriously and passes it on to the vaccinated person who doesn't get COVID as bad. That's the only debate for effectiveness that's still out there, is it not? Because transmission is dead and buried and gone and it doesn't stop transmission. It was at pains throughout the introduction of the policy, uh, policy to reaffirm that recognised vaccines could not be mandated, that vaccination was the choice of the individual, that consent had to be given freely and consent to future vaccination could be withdrawn at any stage. Vaccination was not at this point in time mandated by law, but vaccination was not physically forced upon any of the claimants. Oh, I should hope so. <laughs> Do you want to carry on here? Yes, I'd like to carry on my job. Right, strap them to the table. Thank goodness that didn't happen. That would definitely be preacher Nuremberg. Whilst they would not have judged it as a free choice given the obvious implications of loss of employment, it was a choice they had. In 2020, more than 10% of the total number of Barchester healthcare residents died with a recorded cause of COVID. Six members of staff also died due to reasons attributed to COVID. Also died due to reasons attributed to COVID. So again, we're back in the from on with thing scenario there 
have no idea which have fallen into those categories. It's all a tragedy for the people involved, regardless. Among those claiming unfair dismissal was Alona Motijuenyi, sorry I've butchered your name, who delivered personal care to residents living at home in Dagenham, East London. The tribunal heard she told bosses she was 100% protected from COVID as God created the immune system in a perfect way. Yeah, again, in court, you're not going to be able to prove that, are you? You're not going to be able to prove the existence of God any more than you're going to be able to prove that it was effective. <laughs> um, I can see both arguments having a problem there. Uh, so the lady in question refused the vaccine, saying she had done her own research and believed the vaccine could damage a person. Fair enough. She argued her immune system had been boosted as she worked hard to improve her well-being. Anyway, right, let's have a listen to see what the Daily Mail people made of this. So, okie dokie. Best rated. Up 1026, down 179. What happened to personal choice? Disgusting decision. Uh, that pleases me. I'm so glad. Cause sometimes... I can read out the data, because I'm not right-wing, you see. I read out anything from all across the political spectrum, and sometimes yeah, the truth usually is in the middle. What the left think of the Daily Mail readers is usually they're worse than they really are. And then what the Daily Mail readers think themselves is sometimes they're better than they are. And how I thought that that may play out in this scenario was sometimes the Daily Mail would that woman in the judge case sounds like she has a foreign-sounding name. We, 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 in, us as being Daily Mail, we, just, we will instantly <laughs> take the side of the judge. I'm so pleased to hear that that was not the case there. So, um, And like I said, the Daily Mail, you know, a lot of people call... A lot of people associate right-wing with being bad just because you're not on the left these days. Um and that's not often the case. And then sometimes on Daily Mail, you just get somebody think, oh, my Lord. <laughs> it would be, be, be an article about, you know, what's your favourite television programme? And suddenly, it's all the immigrants' fault for whatever this certainly other. And you think, oh, dear, this, is, this, this really is the stereotype being played out. But it wasn't in this case. And I'm very pleased to hear it. So... Um, yeah, that was that's a good one there. Let's have a little look back from the second thing here. Let's have a there are, up eight eight nine down one two one. Um, disgusting decision. Seeing the jabs were never even tested for reducing transmission and not proven not and now proven not to make any difference whatsoever. Yes, wholeheartedly agree with that statement there. It's nice to see the Daily Mail readers as well. Not as polarised as they could be. I mean, we're usually sometimes on the Daily Mail things, they have 5,000 up and 100 down, aren't they? So it's still, you know, it's still coming around. And the one after that, up 655, six, six, five, down 115, disgusting decision. So, yeah, good good, good to see the uh, good to see a bit of justice on the Daily Mail comment section there. That's nice. Okie dokie. Up 46, down 145. This is the worst rated. The care system will be a safer place now that these nutcases aren't looking after anyone anymore. Again, it's it's just like a statement without fact. Why? Are... Someone's not a nutcase because they believe in God. I don't think 
it's really going to hold up in court the whole god thing so i could understand i don't agree with it but but again you're like you'll be a safer place oh mate why if it doesn't affect transmission it's that that all rolled up into one ball of hate kind of thing i i've had a problem with the anti-vaxxers and i'm just going to just continue to just keep going going just doesn't matter what evidence comes to my hand and sometimes when something like this pops up oh what they're a massive god believer and they've said it into you know in a court judge i get that that's not the best argument to say you know and they just roll it in we all need to like come together be nicer to each other and listen to each other's point of views now and it's nice to see most of the uh the daily mail people doing that but there are the second worst rate one is sense at last up 27 down 127 why is that sense it's good to see these um it's good oh. Oh. here's some vileness here's some and that, i think the pontificate under slash vile so i think they must know what they are up 41 down 124 that judgment was perfectly correct these people think they are allowed to do what they want they are minimum wage for a reason <sighs> there you go there's there's that daily mail venom but at, le- at least the vast majority uh, are cool people by the the sounds of it but yeah these people think they're these people oh do you think there's a little bit of a, an unpleasant undertone to that maybe or maybe these people refers to anti-faxers. Who knows? Let's keep it open-minded. These, whatever it is, they think they're allowed to do what they want. Oh my lord! <laughs> Someone wants to do what they want in a free country. <laughs> oh, these people. <laughs> and then they are minimum wage for a reason. Yeah, classist much, mate? Yeah, not very nice. But anyway, there you go. That that was exactly what I thought. I was afraid of of seeing on something like that. You know, I could be worse on the Daily Mail, but it's so nice to see the vast majority of them nice, good, sensible people defending freedom and personal choice there. So, next article here from the Telegraph. Stop using equality laws to restrict free speech, universities warned by the 15th of December, so yesterday, 2022, by Louisa Clarence-Smith, Chief Executive of the Office for Students, said promoting a particular protected characteristic to the detriment of others may be unlawful. OK, that's that's some good news. Free speech for everyone. Even vile people on the Daily Mail. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, these people should believe they do what they want. Yes, they should, mate. And that includes you being a vile person as well. It's... A, I'm a live and let live free speech kind of guy for everyone. Uh, where are we? Um, this article is more than one years old. Dennis Campbell, health policy editor. So it slipped through the net, but brought to my attention now, Friday, 25th of June, 2021. So a year and a half old now. Drug firms giving MPs hidden funding, research shows. Pharmaceutical industry has hidden web of policy influence over dozens of all-party parliamentary groups. Drug companies are giving groups of MPs and peers that campaign on health issues hundreds of thousands of pounds a year in hidden funding that could hand them undue influence, research has found. Just wanted to read this article today in relation to Paul the Cord. 
Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Pull the cord. Slip back in. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. So this may or may not have something to do with it. Who knows? So the pharmaceutical industry has built up a hidden web of policy influence over dozens of all-party parliamentary groups, APPGs at Westminster, by making hundreds of non-transparent payments to them. That's in inverted commas, the non-transparent bit, as part of the industry's wider effort to lobby those in power, researchers claim. The findings raise questions about the independence of APPGs, the voluntary special interest cross-party groups of members of both Houses of Parliament that seek to influence ministers and government departments through reports, inquiries and meetings at Westminster. 58 APPGs focusing on different aspects of health received 468 payments totalling just under 2.2 million in direct and indirect funding from pharmaceutical firms between 2012 and 2018 academics from the University of Bath found. Oh I just wanted to just give my comment on the last article of that lady. Good for that lady for bringing it up to the court and um, I I think it was a I agree with the comments of the Daily Mail I think it was a bad decision and um, that woman that, w- that woman shouldn't have been sacked. They should have respected her personal choice. I don't think bringing the god into the, uh, the courtroom was the best evidence to play, but I, I, I agree. That, that's no excuse. It was still a bad decision. In my humble opinion, um, I agree with the Daily Mail readers um, that it was a bad decision. Not the vile reader. Um, although everyone should have the right to their opinion. Right then, next. China puppet, in inverted commas, the World Health Organization names Sir Jeremy Farhar, the influential scientist who helped to crush COVID lab leak theory as conspiracy as its new chief scientist. There you go, pal. You said, um, right, there's all this evidence to say it came from a lab. You're in charge of the magic wand, mate. What does the magic wand do? You wave it, say conspiracy theory. And we get all our fact checkers and the media to go, yes, the magic wand is right. Conspiracy theorist. And um, but what happens if the evidence is, you know, quite clear and we get caught out the Facebook fact checkers that they got ties to Wuhan? Wave that. That's what the magic wand is for again. You just say the lab leak theory is conspiracy theory. And anyone pointing out evidence the contrary is a conspiracy theory. That's how the magic wand works. Don't I need any evidence for that? No, no, no. That's what the magic wand is there for. Don't worry, we'll sort you out, mate. So um, here we go. Here's the sorting out. Jeremy Farhar originally believed pandemic may have been sparked by Wild West experiments, but he soon changed his position, dismissing idea the virus originated in the lab. Now who has given him one of the most prestigious roles in the world of science? I imagine that probably comes with a few quid as well, doesn't it? Or maybe not quid, whatever currency uh, the World Health Organization pays out. Maybe digital in years to come. That's by Stephen Matthews, health editor, and Emily Craig, senior health reporter. 13th of December. 
the influential British scientist who helped, uh, just repeating it, Sir Jeremy Farhar, currently head of the UK's biggest private research funding body, the Wellcome Trust, originally believed the pandemic may have been sparked by wild west virus experiments carried out in the notorious Wuhan site. What, you mean the ones on record? That uh, gain-of-function research was conducted and you can see who funded it and it's been brought out in all the committees in both sides of the Atlantic and things and we're just waiting for... uh, (laughs) waiting for the indictments and conflict of interests from the lawyers (laughs) still to come up. Maybe in Florida, eh? But he soon changed his position, coordinating an authoritative statement by five top experts that dismissed the idea that the virus may have originated in the lab merely as a conspiracy theory. Magic wand? We have dismissed the idea as a conspiracy theory. Magic wand is waved. Now the WHO branded China's puppet by Donald Trump and critics during the pandemic for bowing to Beijing has given him one of the most prestigious roles in the world of science. So anyway, you get the idea there. Let's scroll down and see what the Daily Mail readers make of this one. As ever, I would like to say I would love to read out some left-wing stuff, but they don't seem to be covering this. And when they do, they don't have the comment section on them anymore. So uh, the comments below have not been moderated. Best rated. Let's have a look. Up 706, down 19. So there's a pretty polarised one. Let let get one thing clear. I imagine that's let's. There was a lab leak. DARPA intelligence, 13th of August 2021. Joseph Mercy, US Marine Corps Majors, obtained by FOIA request, firmly pointed the finger at Eco Health Alliance, Fauci and Dasig. Furthermore, in the last few weeks, unredacted Fauci emails have come to light showing the battle to control the narrative from outset. This guy's bad news, coupled with the new pandemic treaty, we are in deep, and a word I won't use on this podcast. Right, I don't know about the whole 13th of August US murder. That's all news to me. Um, FOIA requests, don't know about that. Uh, Fauci and Dasig, you can look at those emails. They make for interesting reading, and we've covered them on this podcast before um yeah so kind of get where he's going with that but he's named quite a lot of things i'm not familiar with and he's named a few things that i am familiar with and they do seem to be accurate fauci and dazig fingerprints all over this and we've covered that on the show before but i'll just leave that to what i've already covered right up 620 down 15 Farhar should be arrested with Fauci and Dazig and put on trial for crimes against humanity. Right. Um, Fauci and Dasig, I think there's... Um, well, Fauci, yeah, I think there's crimes. Uh, I, I like that he says they should be arrested and put on trial. So I'm all for justice and trial. I never condone any mob-type mentality or anything like that. This is the first I've heard of Farhar. I haven't heard his name before, but I'm familiar with Fauci and Dasig. And um, I don't know about the charge of crimes against humanity. I don't know about not, but I definitely investigated for having conflicts of interests and continuing to just have the pull, cord pulled safe and effective, safe and effective. And definitely investigated about the legality of the mandates as regards the Nuremberg trial. So I definitely think there's a case for them to be facing some sort of charges 
exactly what and of course Dasig and the emails and all that kind of stuff maybe lesser so than Fauci Fauci has got the gain of function research all over him hasn't he which one can argue is a breach of bioweapons laws according well not one the guy that wrote them was it Boyle Professor Boyle argues that there's a case to be answered for legally so hmm and then the next one there, right, up 301, down 6. This is the Who's reputation tarnished further. Oh, there you go. There's a nice, easy one I can agree with there. Let's have a look at the worst rated, shall we? Um, up 14, down 72. Nonsense from the DM as usual. So I'm assuming Daily Mail. So is that not the case? It's probably what, you know, nonsense as usual. It's... Um, let's just have a little Google search. Uh, of, I, I don't imagine that this would be... Um, I don't imagine that this is something that they'd lie about, is it? Because just a quick Google search would be able to do that. I'm just going to do this now because there's a sort of point to make. WorldHealthOrganization.int. Well, that, that kind of looks like... Um, Welcome director takes who role? The Times Higher Education World Health Organization name share. Yeah, so it's from the I've got sources from a quick Google search that say from the World Health Organization directly. So, but that's just an example. The reason I want to say it is there are now people who just anything that went against that original. what the mainstream media was spouting whatever the tv was telling them that has now turned out to be false anything that says hey you know that thing you vehemently thought was a conspiracy theory turned out to be true what i don't care whether it's true or not i'm just going to call it nonsense no the nonsense you believed in turned out to be nonsense the stuff you're calling nonsense turned out to be true don't care it's nonsense there are people in this world, and there's the old saying, easier to con people than convince they've been conned, I'm afraid. there You will meet those people in the world, but thankfully there doesn't seem to be that many of them. But just an idea into that mindset then. You know, that lady who refused to take the vaccine and lost her job, um, she said she did her own research. Well, the people that she's arguing with, all you had to do was a five-second Google search and see that the statement that you're making that the Daily Mail is spouting nonsense on this subject is nonsense. But they're not willing to do that five seconds of research. And sadly, those people in the world, they are wily Coyote. Their feet in the air. There's firm ground beneath me. I've got Roadrunner in the bag. There will be no getting through to some of those people, sadly. Anyway... Thanks very much for listening to this show and for listening to Beyond the News throughout the year. I'll be back in about a month's time in January. There probably will be a little, uh, especially as I didn't get around to playing that Died Suddenly documentary on this edition. So there'll probably be something the next month, but I wouldn't expect anything before the end of the year. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, normal service will begin again mid-January, unless something mental happens. Right, cheers, bye-bye.